from King Solomon to Beowulf, all rulers have sought to rule by wisdom. And Jesus Christ, King of kings, who governs all things, invites us into that reign, into that wisdom. At this very moment, he sits at the right hand of the Father, ordering all events and peoples according to his rule. He does this both as God and as man. As God, he orders and gives existence to all. And as man and as high priest, he prays for his church and distributes grace to each one of his members. The reality of his complete sovereignty strikes us as odd and it challenges our faith, especially today. There is chaos, suffering, and confusion in our families, in our country, and in our church. In many ways, what we face today is a crisis of faith and a lack of confidence in Jesus Christ, the King. Therefore, it is massively important that we turn our minds to this profound mystery and truth of the King of Kings, for he waits to come in his glory, but we need to believe that he has already taken up his scepter and has defeated the prince of this world upon the cross. The mystery of his kingdom breaks through on Calvary. Above his head, Pilate had written, This is King of the Jews. St. Ambrose describes this as a correct placement because even though the Lord Jesus was on the cross, his royal majesty shone from its height. When the repentant thief asked for him to remember him when he came into his kingdom, Christ responds with this phrase, Today, today you will be with me in paradise. The thief thought of Christ as coming into his kingdom in the future. But as the church fathers teach us, Life is being with Christ because where Christ is, there is the kingdom. His kingdom is where he is, and Christ is everywhere. He's present to all of this expansive universe, this universe which sort of surpasses our understanding. And there was a documentary made in 1977 which sort of reveals this our limited knowledge of everything that exists. Um, It was a nine-minute documentary produced by PBS. It was called The Powers of Ten. And it begins with an overhead view of a picnic in a park um, in Chicago near Lake Michigan. And the camera begins to zoom out by Powers of Ten, so sort of like a Google Maps before it existed, sort of zooming out. And you see the picnic, then the lake, then the city, and then it becomes the region And little by little, what you see becomes dwarfed by the more wider view. So you see the globe, you see the solar system, you see the Milky Way, and even that becomes just a blip on the screen as they zoom out light years away to give you the widest view of measurable space possible. But the documentary doesn't end there because it zooms back in at an incredible rate back to the picnic scene, to the very hand of the picnicker, to show the, the magnified skin, then zooming in with a microscope to show 
the cell structures and even the DNA double helix, and then sort of by rendering, begins to show molecules and atoms and electrons, subatomic particles. And from the macro to the microscopic to the subatomic, the sweeping tour unveils to us the weight of our ignorance. Yet this is all the visible world, and still there's the invisible world. But for God, it's, he's present to all of it. He knows it all through and through. He comprehends all of reality, and he sustains it in being right now, today. St. Augustine had a wonderful way of putting it. He says, not only heaven and earth, not only man and angel, even the boughs of the lowest animal, even the wing of the bird, the flower of the plant, and the leaf of the tree, God has endowed with every fitting detail according to its nature. And our second reading draws us out, the reality of his reign. The letter to the Colossians states that all things, visible and invisible, were created through him and for him, and he has reconciled everything to himself. This reconciliation happens within him. He governs in his own person. Unlike our democracy, our government that's split up the legislative, executive, and judicial powers in order to try and harmonize the whole, this isn't necessary for Christ. His kingship is all three incorporated within himself. Checks and balances he needs not. He rules by his omnipotent wisdom, and so we obey his command. And so we acknowledge him as an executive power. He is the very example of the moral law, and therefore we call him the way, and we follow him. And his judgment is honest and true and all-encompassing. All will come before the judgment seat of Christ. And so we extol him. So whereas we currently see just this conflict between these three parts of the government, there's a harmony in Christ. He's peace itself. And he governs all things by his wisdom sweetly. In faith, we can say along with St. Paul, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How inscrutable are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways. The kingship of Christ is above our understanding because it resides in his wisdom. The scripture said, who, who has known the mind of God except the Spirit? It seems so vast that we can begin to believe a lie that in this great expansive world with all this chaos that God's attention is not fixed upon us, that our troubles, our concerns are not his, that we are insignificant. But this couldn't be further from the truth. The king, more than the four corners of the universe, longs to sit upon the throne of your mind and heart. He wishes to lift you up into his 
very life, that you might be filled with the same love with which he loves, that your heart might be filled with the love of God, and that your mind might be illuminated to the mysteries of God's inner self-knowledge, that you know God as he knows himself. This is what his kingdom is ordered towards. You see, by taking up our human nature into his divine nature, he made it possible for us to enter into the kingdom with him. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. And he doesn't need a majestic robe. He doesn't need a glorious crown in order to accomplish that. He's stripped, bloodied, with a crown of thorns upon the cross. And see, that's where he's reigning. His kingdom is not subjected to the powers of this world. He's overcome them, and he invites us into that same power. The grace that he offers us, he offers to us as a king, feeds his subject with food, except we receive no temporal food. We receive the, the bread from heaven, his, his very self. You see, he's, he's drawing us into himself. And when he gave us the Our Father, and we pray that during this Mass... We pray for his kingdom to come. His kingdom comes into our our minds and our wills when they become subject to his, when our, our very lives become an expression, a living out of his wisdom. You see, the king wants to reign with us so that we might also reign with him.